right, guys. On this auspicious birthday of a Steven, the Roast Rosenberg, happy birthdays. Thank you, thank you. I think this is the only year we've ever had a podcast on two of our birthdays. Yeah. Yeah. I don't ever remember us podcasting on I don't either. Unless, I mean, I don't know what the fuck D-Hart's birthday is, because it's a secret kept by the monks. That's the telltale sign of not giving a fuck about your birthday anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you that we have definitely recorded, I don't remember if it was on my birthday, or if it was the day beforehand, but I remember it was my pick, and it lined up with my birthday, and of course you guys gave me shit, because, you know, you always say I always pick anime. Oh, so... Yeah. But as far as, as anything else, I think this, yeah, is the only year where we have recorded actually on two people's birthdays. I know, I can't wait to just cut all you guys off and just get my way because it's my birthday like Philip did during his. Yep, <laughs> that's right. That's the rule. So, the question today is, tell me about the most convoluted movie plot you've ever watched. <laughs> yeah. Could be anything. I really wish we'd had some time. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. You can think about it while we talk about our answers. Top hits are going to be The Game with Michael Douglas. Mm. I think that was before Cheats' time. Yeah. Yeah. You've never seen The Game? I don't, I don't think so, no. Yeah, but I agree with you, Philip. Well, that was one we did podcast. Yeah, it's, it's unreasonably... It's like, so what's happening here? And then when you get to the end, you think... Well, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to have, have to have been magic or some fucking thing because none of this makes any sense. And then it's like, oh no, it was just the whole island of Manhattan was in on this plot. Mm-hmm. That's what the plot is. Everyone on the fucking, all 250 million inhabitants of that island were paid off to fuck with Michael Douglas. Yeah. That's the plot. I don't know how many people live in Manhattan, even especially <laughs> during 1993 or whatever the fuck that movie was made, but... It's a lot, it's a fuckload, and it's way more than you could possibly ever pay off and tell them all, oh, you know, just let him crash your fucking taxi cab into the ocean. <laughs> That'll be fine. Okay, I've got one. Primer. <laughs> Primer's a, Primer is a prime example. It's a prime example of uh, sacrificing scientific accuracy for something I give a fuck about. Well, <laughs> sacrificing making you give a fuck about it for scientific accuracy. Because they yes. they went way uh, too hard in the paint trying to make sure it all made sense and made it incredibly boring in the process. Like, oh, yeah, we're just going to try to make some money. And uh, now there's doubles. I really hope that Primer isn't a movie that we podcasted because I don't remember what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> <I>, okay. <laughs> it's so fucking boring. I would, I would really argue against it. <laughs> Something that comes to mind, and really this, this is kind of an issue in most of this director's movies, at least for at least some of them, I would say Christopher Nolan, and in particular Interstellar, which was really pretty, and I always thought it was alright. I never was like totally blown away by by like as a lot of people were, but I just felt like they just went too hard into it. Like they were just like, we're just gonna muddy this shit up. Like, and if you get it, you get it, and if you don't, like, sorry, we don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're leaving you in the fucking dust. Nolan's kind of up his own ass anyway, so yeah, like, of course, anything he does is like. Eh. It's a little, little shaky. Yeah. I mean, it's good. He does good work yeah. most of the time. But <clears throat> Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. But, uh, what do you mean, Steven? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering which of my movies you would bitch about first. <laughs> but Interstellar, like, for me, I was like, I was really sold on the first half of that movie. And as they started getting into the, like, further away from Earth and, like, the fucking, like, 
the the time on the planet versus the time right on right in orbit of the planet mm-hmm. and like I was just like I know this probably makes sense but I don't give a fuck. You're right. <laughs> you know. I thought it was really awesome and I really liked all the sciencey stuff in that movie. So I have no problem with Interstellar, but I will tell you that I'm going to go ahead and name another one before Cheats gets to in honor of <laughs> Steven's birthday. Yeah. Revolver. Oh. Revolver it has such a fucking convoluted goddamn plot. I don't think I've ever heard of it. I have. Well, it's a Guy Ritchie movie yep. starring Jason Statham, and it is, I mean, you, can, you just watch it and tell me if you have any fucking idea. I watched it, I wasn't like drunk or high or anything, like I was just paying the fuck attention, and I was just like, oh, okay, so now, um, okay, I, I don't know. I don't know who, I don't know what these, why are they doing this? What's happening? And Jason Statham looks like a straight up child molester in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's okay because they all fucking do. Ray Liotta is like maximum Ray Liotta in that movie. That's really the reason to watch the movie is if you want to just see as exaggerated as he gets, that's it right there in that movie. It makes him and Goodfellas just look like he's doing an episode of Seinfeld. He was the good fella. Of, <laughs> of the, yeah, he, but he's still nuts. I mean, they all are. Oh, I mean, Joe Pesci was... Totally not a good fella. Yeah, not at all. He was the worst fella. Yeah, he's the worst fella. <laughs> Ray Liotta was the best fella. He was the everybody says he's a great fella. Well, y'all are gonna give me a bunch of shit, but this is something that has a pretty good chance that at least one of you have seen, uh, which is actually I'm gonna pick Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, mm. and the reason I picked that because it's it's like one of the only successful Final Fantasy movies, like way more so than Spirits Within, which was also convoluted. But the whole reason I say Advent Children is because. The script is just fucking nonsense on, like, the lines they gave for a lot of people. Well, that's the games, though. It, well, it, this is a lot worse than the game, by, by a long <laughs> shot, because it's like... Well, it would have to be, because it, I'm assuming it has to fit in, like, a at least... I couldn't say any longer than, like, a two-hour window, right? Yeah, basically. Well, it, it gets a lot worse than that, D-Hard is the thing, because... Like, I can tell you, like, what the ending segment was, but getting to that is, like, it's a whole bunch of scenes that don't go together, and if you watch it in English, there are lines that don't go, like, they have nothing to do with anything. Like, one of the characters just shows up, and is just like, where can I buy a cell phone? And then just starts shooting at people. Like, that's not a joke. That really fucking happens. And if you watch it in Japanese with the subtitles, it's a completely different movie. And so this like scenes didn't make sense. And they came out with a different version of that with additional scenes and existing scenes in different orders. Mm-hmm. It just is a fucking mess. Yeah. It really was just amounted to like, people just wanted to see like cloud and Sephiroth fight again. And that's it. Mm-hmm. It's like that movie fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Cheats. I just gave Phil a react. Uh, an- <laughs> office reaction <laughs> you should have jim halperded me for yeah. sure I'm just like doesn't work on a podcast but it happens <laughs> i mean it's, it's what came to mind immediately all right you tend to see these convoluted storylines like the deeper you get into shitty sequels yes you know like the matrix sequels or like i know we bitch about it all the time but the fucking the plot to jurassic world 2 it which makes... just starts off as a fucking like rescue dinosaurs from a volcano island and somehow ends up in like a rich mansion with like dinosaur auction. <laughs> because what the rich really want. The fact that I had to just say the phrase dinosaur auction. <laughs> that was written. That was written above a fucking, you know, storyboard somewhere at fucking Universal Studios. They're like, yes, it's the dinosaur auction scene. Okay, can we spoil that movie? Yeah, I just did. We're not I, mean, talking I don't about give a fuck. Fuck yeah, that movie. Of course. But the fact that they let them out into the wild because, <laughs> because she is a clone is like, they're the same as me. 
It's like, no, they're not. They're fucking dinosaurs. <laughs> if you were 60 foot tall, we'd kill you too. <laughs> Dude, it's all uh, trash. It is such fucking trash. Right. And convoluted. Extremely. To That's what I'm saying. Like, it seems like the deeper... I mean, another good example is Jaws the Revenge. Like, Why? The, the, <laughs> right. The, the further you get into the shitty sequel universe... The worse the fucking plots are going to be. Yeah, Jaws the Revenge, if anybody forgot, is the one with Michael Caine, where Jaws remembers things that happened to Chief Brody. <laughs> like, while he wasn't near the ocean. Yeah. It's like, Jaws just knows things? He's psychic now. And also, he can give that information to his shark children. Or, sh- or her. And, know. like, followed a plane into the Bahamas or whatever. Followed a family bloodline to the Bahamas. <laughs> I'm not sure if it counts for being convoluted in this case, but I remember uh, all of us bitching about how stupid the plot in 47 Ronin was. Because some of the stuff toward the end is just like, why would you do this? Yeah. Um, You run into it when they mainly just try to cram as much shit as possible into a storyline. Boxer's Omen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Boxer's Omen is a prime fucking example of this. Just fucking random shit. Boxer's Omen gets a pass because it's so fucking entertaining and silly. Like, they just... Well, of course it gets a pass. That doesn't make the plot better. (laughs) I'm... We gave it a pass. I don't know what I gave it, but it was better than what it deserved. It feels like it's the work of Mad Men. (laughs) Right, right, right. We're at the whim of Mad Men. That's why it gets a pass. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I mean, because otherwise, if we give it a low score, that could mean our our deaths. We don't, I don't want to voodoo shit. The Man with the Iron Fist, we're watching it, I feel like there's another movie that exists out there that is both better and is more coherent. Oh, yeah, of course. There's just I want to see the man with the golden fist. I want to see the nine hour Rizza cut. All right, I want to see it. <laughs> I'd watch it once. I know we're running long on this intro, but there's one series I just thought of that is just <laughs> the fucking epitome of convolution as the movies go on. I think I know what you're gonna say. Planet of the fucking Apes. Oh, okay. Wait a second. Then I thought you were gonna say Saw. Oh well, yes, <laughs> yes. Because that's that is so convoluted. Oh yes, yes it is. But. For me, Planet of the Apes, like, even, like, as soon as you get to the second one, even at the end of the first one, like, as you go on through the series, you're just like, what the fuck am I watching right now? Like, what is this? The second one's the one with the, uh, bomb-worshipping mutants, right? Yeah, (laughs) yes. Well, they weren't really mutants, were they? Well, they were, like, degenerating humans. Humanoids, (laughs) at the very least. (laughs) Yeah. Well, whatever they were... Um, nothing matches the confusion of the remake of Planet of the Apes. Yep. Whenever they get to the end and it was Abraham Lincoln. Oh, the Tim Burton it's one. Like, the Tim Burton one you're talking about. Yeah, and, and Tim Burton is just laughing. Yeah. <laughs> just getting, he's just swinging his dick at the camera at the end. It's like, fuck you! That whole series is just like, if you have a brain, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we don't care about logic. We just want to see some monkeys ride I mean, horses. That's all we want. It's it's especially crazy if you think about all the all the movies as a complete series. Yeah. Because like even in like the old like sixties uh, and seventies series, those included prequels. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jesus and then Christ. they reboot the whole thing twice. <laughs> Reboot it again, motherfucker. Not only that, but there was one movie in the middle. I don't, I, I don't know right offhand. There's one movie in the middle where the planet explodes, killing everyone. <laughs> the next movie, they they retcon it and they're like, "Oh yeah, this chimpanzee actually escaped." By the way, on a spaceship on a and spaceship. went back in time. Yes, to before the event. Well, even though he didn't jump out of the cockadoodie planet. Even though we didn't tell you. How did it go? Even though we just ended the movie with the fucking planet exploding, this happened. Huh? 
<laughs> yeah, I believe that's Escape from the Planet. <laughs> I want to escape that fucking franchise from my brain. Yeah, well, you're just too bad. You're you married it. Begging us to pick those. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. The crazy I, ones. I never will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never do it. All right, that's probably enough. Thirty minutes of intro. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, welcome to Motion Picture Meltdown. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen the Rose Rosenberg. Phil the Kill Collins. Cheats the planet of the cheats, McGee. <laughs> Andy Hart. Oh, and it feels good to not have to remote record anymore, doesn't it, boys? Yeah. Yeah. So much more. And really the difference is, we've just stopped caring. It's not like there's any kind of a lowered amount of danger. We just, it's just, we're done. We're fucking done with it. Yeah, I mean, this wouldn't be our podcast if we didn't take the next couple of seconds to give cheats the most shit for completely fucking me during the Critters episode that we recorded. Listen. And I, causing it to be a, a, an almost six-hour edit. <laughs> you want to see the the RZA nine-hour edit? How about the Steven Rosenberg six-hour edit? Because that's what we got. I feel really <laughs> bad about that, but the more you give me shit about it, the less bad I feel. So keep that in mind. Listen, if Philip and Dehart can give me shit for fucking up a Kevin Bacon episode like six years ago, or no, longer. I'll just say it's like eight years like, ago. Like eight years ago. <laughs> Then you can get shit for this for five minutes. Well, I'm not saying you can't give me shit. I'm just going to say eventually I'm just going to be like, I'm glad I lost that episode. I'm glad. Well, I'm just glad one of us was recording the channel audio so we could actually still have the episode because then I'd be pretty fucking pissed. Off the podcast. I saved you, Cheats. I'll keep that in mind, (laughs) Philip. Oh, no, I would be off the podcast. I would just leave. No more lost episodes. I'm done if there's more lost episodes. We're changing the format. I don't fucking care. <laughs> just done. We're just done. So, Phil, you picked the movies for us today on my birthday. I sure did, because even on your birthday, I get what I want. <laughs> so, these are both from 1981. It's Happy Birthday to Me and Dead and Buried. So, um, the inspiration for this episode comes from me wanting to just see how many of the 80s horror movies we had done. And I just randomly Googled a list and we had done like 90 fucking percent of that list. Now, I know that's not a complete list, but it's still remarkable that someone would put together a horror movie list and we had done almost all of them already. And it had some weird shit on it, like these two movies. These are both horror, as I previously stated. What do you guys think? We're going to start with Happy Birthday to Me? I think we should. Yeah. Slog through the swamp of sadness before we get to the uh, to Ride on the Dragon of the <laughs> Dead and Buried movie. Okay, so another good reason why I picked this movie on the poster... There's a guy getting a fucking kebab shoved through his head. <laughs> Spoiler. God. I mean, it's on the poster. Yeah, I mean, like a... <laughs> For the movie, yeah, yes. you're right. <laughs> and there's also the claim on the poster. Six of the most bizarre murders you will ever see. Now, even for 1981, that is a hilarious lie. <laughs> there's not that much crazy about anything that I, you I'd see in this. I'd say the craziest one is the kebab. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, and they already ruined it. <laughs> it's Probably also the most disappointing. Like, after seeing it on the cover, you're, like, kind of stoked for this kebab murder. Right. It's going to be like, here, you want some of this kebab meat? <laughs> Just shove the whole thing in. It's like, no, it's nothing like that. Also, D-Hart, you may be happy to know the director of this movie, J. Lee Thompson, also directed a movie that you have claimed is one of your uh, more like Chuck Norris movies, Firewalker. Yeah, Firewalker, I mean, I- Texas Ranger? <laughs> I haven't seen it since, like, the 90s, but I remember that one being okay, because, uh, Lou Gossett Jr. is doing, like, most of the acting. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, you have to pretty much assume that if it's a Chuck Mor- Norris movie, then... Somebody else is carrying the acting, or <laughs> right. it's just not going to be in there. Right. Okay, so, um, happy birthday to me. 
At the snobby Crawford Academy, Virginia's group of friends start to go missing years after horrible events that happened to her as a child around her birth. This is the movie that inspired my question, and for good reason, because this is fucking ridiculous. Like, what happens in this movie could only make sense if it was Scooby-Doo. <laughs> when I first started this movie, I, uh, a lot of the tropes are from, like, straight out of, like, Jalo movies, like the Italian ones that are mm-hmm. all crazy. But then I, it's like, as we, uh, as I saw more of it, it's like, oh, they're ripping off to Palma. Mm, I can see that too. explains why it's not so much a horror movie. It's more of like a thriller. Yeah, yeah it doesn't really... Although there is like some blood splatter that... That seems thrown in there to make it a horror movie, kind yes. of. It's like, well, let's just throw some blood, sprinkle some crack on it. They, because <laughs> uh, they actually do like the suspense parts pretty well. Yeah, to to an unreasonable extent, actually, because one of my main, <laughs> besides the fact that I had no fucking idea what was going on in this movie the entire goddamn time, <laughs> and I'll only blame fifteen percent of that on me being high. Yeah, because the rest of it is definitely this movie's fault. Um, <laughs> for for a good long part of the film, every time there's the bad guy in in the scene. There's just black gloves reaching from nowhere. And it's like, yeah. they go to an unreasonable amount of effort to just have it be gloves hanging out of, like, things. To the point of this first attack that happens inside of a car, which is like, she's getting garrot or whatever. Michael Myers. She's, no, she's, she's just choking her. She's being choked by uh, her fancy scarf. Because, like, That's the, right. uh, like the uh, what do they call them, the top ten? <laughs> yeah. The top ten of school. The, is, the Snobby Academy's group of friends, they're called they're the, the top they're ten. They're the snobbiest of snobs. Yeah, they're the max, the <laughs> max snob, or I don't know, full blast snob. And also, like, uh, a couple of, like, the uh, professors have also have these scarves. It's a very you know, Hogwarts situation, <laughs> where it's just, like, everybody who's in Gryffindor is golden, everyone else is just trash. But you see, like, the killer has this scarf, and he's got the, the black gloves. And boots. You get, to, you get some shots of... Boots. Yeah, you get a couple of boot shots. Well, like, so she gets away by pretending to be strangled when she hasn't fully been strangled, which is an actual, like, tactic in real life. Because it takes a long fucking time to strangle people, and people don't realize that. So when they go to kill someone that way, they think they've got them just because they, like, quit struggling. But literally, it takes a long-ass fucking I mean, time to you'd, do it. you would particularly have a lot of, a, a little bit more, because, uh, he was using the scarf, which is a stretchy material. Yeah. <laughs> I would assume. At least well, more stretchy than Once like she's in the hands. back seat, it's just hands. Okay. But it doesn't matter. So she gets away, and I'm like, fuck yeah. Finally, I don't think I've ever seen this in a movie. She's like running away, and I'm like, good job. You pretended to be knocked out, but you weren't really. <laughs> and uh, and then she just walks like eight feet, and then just hides behind a car. And just stays there. Until the killer just... Just keep going. Just go. But the second time... These, these just gloves just reach out the window to get her. And it's like, still, they're going com- unreasonably out of their way just to show, like, creepy black gloves. It looks so fucking dumb. And it continues for a little while, but eventually we get a full body and then, like... But not the head. How could we see their head? That would reveal the mystery of who's doing this. I'm always a bigger fan of, like, a mask or something than just showing gloves or boots or, or something like that. Like, they do that in a lot of movies where you just see, like, the gloves and the boots. But I prefer either, like, a silhouette or even, like, a mask or, like, far away, you know, Halloween style or something like that. Where you can't tell who it is, but, like, 
You're not just focusing on the slow motion fucking gloves coming out of a window. <laughs> the funniest thing also about them like leaning so hard into doing the leather gloves is that halfway through this fucking two hour movie, they're just like, Okay, you know who the killer is now. They just like they just have the person killing people or do on you, screen. Chief. Well, yes. Or do you. I, I know. Or fucking do you. Do you? <sighs> <laughs> so, um, she's dead. They go to the scene where she was going to go. She was getting in her car to leave um, to go to a little get-together of the top ten. And now it's top nine, because one of them's fucking dead. So, they're all chilling there at this table, and they're all annoyed because there's a bunch of drunk, like, Shriners or whatever the fuck these guys are. um, Just kind of at a different table singing 100 bottles of beer on the wall at top volume. It's like... This is just rude. Like, <laughs> I just want to eat my unless, nachos. <laughs> in, unless the bar has reached like 2, 3, 4 a.m., you're not allowed to just take the whole bar over with a dumbass song. Yeah. Like, at that point, everyone's drunk enough, it doesn't matter anymore. And if they're not, they just... That's a 10 friends is too many anyway. It's like, once you get like yeah. past like 5, it's like... Well, they're not friends. They're a fucking cult. Yeah. Like, they're just a tiny organization of like the richest, most... I, I couldn't figure out if they were the te- the ten richest people at the sh- at the fucking school or if they were just the ten most. They were the most most like they were the extraist like they were the highest scoring or whatever best athlete. They were the brunch club. Brunch. Even it's a the sequel to they... the Breakfast Club. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. But slightly richer. Even the guy they don't like is also uh, on the sports team. You know. Right. Yeah. Like it. It seems like there's no and winning for them basically. Right. Yeah. So they're just the greatest. Like they never say what makes them in this club, but I guess it's just a matter of like hazing and like a lot of, you know, mean behavior on the part of children. So they're all like, "Okay, it's time to leave now that we started a fight and almost drowned this poor little like fucking pet rat. It's time to jump a fucking drawbridge." Which is a fun game that we play. That car was fucked when it hit the other side. There's no way that car is driving. Fucking A, dude. It's like, where's that Nimrod? He owes me $20. It's like, I easily did $1,000 of damage. Way more. Way more. We're talking like $1,000. We're talking $1,000 damage. This car car was probably $3,000 new or whatever. And it's basically totaled because the whole front end is fucked. It probably destroyed three quarters of the fucking like engine. Yeah, all of the like moving parts of the fucking car. Well, at the at the minimum, we see like front panels get torn off. Yeah, yeah. Tons of shit gets the, ripped the bu- off. The bumper and the front panels, like uh, the fender wells, those get torn off. But what you're forgetting <laughs> is that mom and dad pay for these cars. What their pocket money is, that's extra for them. So that's twenty bucks. He literally had a new car whenever the camera panned over. <laughs> Just immediate. <laughs> when you're so rich, your car repairs itself. His butler dropped off his other car. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's how it works in Grand Theft Auto. Once you have a certain amount of money, you're just like. Yeah, you know, hit your phone, they bring you a new car immediately, they just drive it to you. Yeah. So, makes sense, checks out. Yep. Don't ask questions. When are we going to live in that universe? Okay, so she she runs, uh, like, through uh, this wooded area to uh, where her mom's grave is, visits her, then goes back to her house. Meanwhile, uh, like, She's uh, apparently been carrying around these fucking shears all day. She just gets shears out of a fucking uh, lunch pail and just starts trimming the grave grass. It's like, first of all, that's not your job. Somebody else is supposed to be doing that. Also, maybe don't run into the scary woods just because you're mad at somebody. 
freaking out. Yeah. It worked out just fine, Stephen. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, except for like this, uh... I hate all of you! You made me ride in a car! The, uh, Pepe Le Pew, uh, standard <laughs> French exchange student. <laughs> which, fucking hey, Pepe I, think, Le Pew I think this is backing up the standards that, uh, you know, were established by Pepe Le Pew. Because yeah. he just does whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> French people are fine with rape is another <laughs> it's another way to put it. Well, he doesn't go that far. But I think he might have. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's there doesn't seem to be any kind of indication of slowing down here. It's just a matter of like plot reasons of why we don't literally see a rape. Yeah, so he breaks into her house. Uh he's uh hiding in her closet, watching her undress. She goes to get in the bath. He uh steals some panties and he's out the window. Fucking <laughs> Sexual, sexual harassment 101 right there. Yeah. I mean, look, you guys. He He's a creep. But the internet doesn't exist yet. He can't buy used panties over the internet. Or bathwater. How's he supposed to know if they're really used or not? He has to literally watch her take them off and then take them with him. This is his only way, you guys. Are you kink shaming? Am I wrong? I love this defense of, of someone breaking into someone's house and stealing their used panties. <laughs> I am kink shaming him. I'm obviously fucking joking. But are you? Fuck this guy to <laughs> the hell. The used panty defense. <laughs> <laughs> this guy would then go on to move to Japan and have a whole line of used panty vending machines and make millions of dollars. So now who's laughing, Steven? <laughs> still me. Still still defending the fucking piece of shit. And then later he's like, oh, by the way, I was like secretly wearing your panties the entire time I was competing in this event. <laughs> no, no was, I thought they were tucked like, into his pants. No, he had them tucked into his shirt. Oh, of course. Yeah. Like, uh, you, you, know, want, you want them closer like to a, your heart. Like a knight would have. Yeah, like a kerchief. <laughs> What if he wore it as a kerchief? Wouldn't he? Would it surprise you? <laughs> no. I'm sure he did it at home. But <laughs> and if it was if it was during this time, he'd wear it as a fucking COVID-19 protection mask. <laughs> Why not? Also, embroidered panties? Just for, just real quick? Yeah. God damn. Hey, these are some rich motherfuckers. Rich motherfuckers. Oh no, yeah, all my panties are embroidered. Every pair is different. From someone that uh, actually, one of us that actually works at an embroidery company, like... We actually do get requests for those every so often. How expensive are they? Uh, we don't do them. Oh, I'm just saying that, that people okay. people do request them. They don't stock panties cheats. They're a t-shirt company, ostensibly, <laughs> mostly. That doesn't mean Stephen wouldn't necessarily know like the going rate as far as... <laughs> yeah, I, do, I actually do special order panty embroidery. Che- Cheats is asking for a friend. <laughs> Cheats hey, is I'm... asking for a friend. He doesn't want to know I think himself. You're leaving, if, I think you're leaving money on the table, because obviously the demand is... Yeah, that once every six month weird fucking email that where somebody's like, Hey, if I bring in some panties, will you embroider them? Yeah. Let me, just, let me just tell you right now. I'm not now. talking about bringing them in. I'm talking about buying them off the shelf already pre-embroidered. You're leaving money on the table, Steve. Money on the table. Her life was in your hands. <laughs> I thought we were talking about used panties here. We're not. Well, they might be. We stopped talking about that. And now you we're can... talking about another thing. A genius proposal to just <laughs> custom panties that are embroidered with whatever you want. If anybody wants embroidered panties, just email Steven. Yes, please. Just text me. <laughs> Personal text. And, and if you're trying to get rid of any, email them the Philip. <laughs> yeah. He's into that. <laughs> All right. I wasn't the one asking about custom panty prices, cheats. <laughs> that that didn't happen. Uh, it's on the record. But anyway, D-Hart, did you notice that the, the shitty guy who drove the fucking car looked like Owen Hart? 
Uh, no, I didn't think about it, but yeah, I guess so. I would say a young Owen Hart, but uh, he died pretty young. <laughs> and even younger than his corpse. <laughs> yes. R.I.P. So anyways, um, slowly, we're getting uh, different characters that are being killed off of the, the, the top ten or whatever they're called. The, the ten greatest... The number one hits of the 80s. Yeah, the dude riding the motorcycle. I can't remember what his name is. I'm just French exchange student. Etienne. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy. He's a D-bag. The penny burglar. Yeah, someone sneaks into his garage where he's working on, on his bike. And then, like, his bike is running. And he's, like, revving it so that, like, he can, like, make sure one of the wheels spin. And they just toss his scarf into it. And they just... Head gets dragged into the running spokes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, this is entirely his own fucking so, fault. That, that's a little better than the first fault. death. By this time, you've uh, you know, the observant viewer can start limiting the uh, potential suspects. Yeah, based it, on it like goes uh, pretty quickly. Right, right. How thin the legs are. <laughs> well, but like, I need to fit your legs. <laughs> it's clear they don't bother. Like so many times, it's obviously a man's body doing the killing, and it's like. Well, I, I'd when you seen do this, before, this kind of and I shit, still couldn't, like, I yeah, I mean, it wouldn't matter. Was. Well, why would you remember? <laughs> All the clues are bullshit. Everything is bullshit. Also, like, I know you guys mentioned it kind of at the start of the podcast, but like, it's kind of, I see these deaths as missed opportunities because they had real opportunities here to really appeal to the horror crowd. You know what I mean? Like, not only like the thriller mystery crowd, like, like De Palma stuff, like D. Hart was saying. But, like, if you're going to have these deaths that are clearly brutal as fuck, give us some good effects here. Yeah. Like, make this... Just just go all in. Go all in on this fucking horror movie. You're going to show a man get kebobbed on the fucking cover? I better see a cool kebab scene. A man did at least get kebobbed, and it was the guy who's on the cover. But that aside, which is, like, such a... It doesn't even happen until, like, what, at least halfway through the movie? Further. Or maybe further even than further that. than that. It's most of the way through, yeah. Yeah, it's like, how are you going to spoil this guy getting killed? We see him right away in the movie. We know he's going to die. He's going to get kebobbed. And then to go so bo- to be so bold as to say the six of the craziest deaths you've ever seen and then just simply not deliver on that, that is, like, that's a big fuck you. Which I knew as soon as I saw the movie, everyone was like, oh, this movie's good. You said it to me. Yeah. You said it to me. You were, you were like, mm, we're going to put this to the test. <laughs> it seems like they're <laughs> lying right now. Seems like a pretty obvious lie. Well, actually, what I think you said was, they said six of the craziest deaths. They couldn't be lying, right? (laughs) Yeah. Sarcastic. It's pretty obvious this is yet another case where the people making the posters have, like, not watched the movie and have not talked to anyone. Because, like, an example, actually, with, with, like, I I think one of the posters, like, one of the the things mentions the, the bike scene and... The caption is just like, Steve will never ride a bike again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's not Steve. Yeah. And then I think for the kebab thing was like, John got kebabbed or something stupid like that. It's like, the guy's name's not John either. <laughs> like, clearly no one who made these posters watched anything. Right. Or they're pulling, uh, fuck, what is that guy's name? <laughs> Lost guy? J.J. Abrams. Oh, Star uh, Wars guy? J.J. Abrams. Yes. Where it's like, no, it's not, a, it's not Khan. Not that, not that. <laughs> Not Steve got kebabbed. No. <laughs> he definitely... <laughs> it's not him. You could definitely say it's a J.J. Abrams con. Ayo. He's a con artist. <laughs> Woo! Suck! Yeah, just imagine if Fulci got a hold of this fucking script. Just imagine. Well, <laughs> I mentioned it before we started recording. I was, I was looking at like the trivia on IMDb, and the major reason like a lot of this stuff just doesn't make sense is that 
when they were making this movie, they just didn't have an ending in mind. Yeah. Like, legitimately didn't have an idea for what the ending was going to be. And they just kept filming stuff and, like, playing around with things until they're just like, alright, here's the ending. And uh, there's, like, not one. <laughs> so I mean, I'm just simply saying that, like, you give Fulci or even, like, Argento or somebody, like, this spinning machine scene or this kebab scene, like... You give them the kebab scene, the kebab's going in the fucking eyeball and then out the back of their skull. And then the eyeball is going to be on the kebab with the fucking, the meat. (laughs) Am I wrong? (laughs) And then the killer is going to eat a piece of meat and the eyeball off the end of it from the back of their skull. And you're going to see the eyeball squish. Yeah, it's going to pop like a grape. Like a fucking cherry tomato. Or you could have the kebab going like through the bottom of the chin, out the top of the head, or vice versa. That's a beautiful This move. one's real gross. You do it from the side so it goes through both eyes. Yeah. There's... What? <laughs> this is a watered-down Italian horror film, in my opinion. Like, Let me ask this. Doesn't that scene take place right next to a fire? Yes. yes. Yeah. So why not kebab him and then put him on the fire and like roast him and as a kebab? Like, <laughs> it's so fucking obvious. Oh, I, I was imagining more like going into his mouth and like you see like the camera moving back as he's moving towards the fire and his fire his hand no. lands in the fire. <laughs> yeah. And Look at us all describing <laughs> such a better movie. Much much better movie because <laughs> it's it's clear we would have done a better job if we were in charge. It's not that we should be in charge, but we should and fuck this movie. <laughs> like I think the only two deaths that are really even like worth talking about is of course the the motorcycle scene and then the death afterwards, one of the like jock dude bros that are part of the top 10. Well, he was the guy that drove the car yes. uh, across the bridge. This was my favorite death, actually. Yeah. So, like, in this particular scene, because the movie is just, like, death, here's some stuff of, like, people just talking and being annoying. Death, repeat ad nauseum. Yeah, it was very rinse-repeat movie. Yeah. And so, like, he's working out, and, like, you see someone walk into the room, and they're still doing, like, the boots and the gloves thing. I'm just going to throw this out here. If I were in a scenario... Where I'm doing something. When someone walks into a room, I don't go, oh, hey, you're here. I go, hey, Steven. Dude, or hey, Phil. That's or like so that. fucking frustrating. Like, every scene. Like, the fifth time somebody says, oh, it's you. And it's like, motherfucker, no one has ever said that. No one. That trope is the most tired. And I get that this is 81, so this yes. is very early into the slasher film genre. But still, at this point in our lives, going back and seeing this after... So much fucking exposure to this, oh, it's just you in a slasher film, makes me want to straight kill myself. They typically just do it one single time is the problem. Like, normally it's one person out of all of the people that get killed goes, oh, hey, and then they get killed. And so it's like, oh, now we know that the killer knew the person and the person knew the killer. But... The issue is that they do it about six fucking times in this movie. And, then, oh my god, dude. I think the, I think the, the final time that they do it is the weightlifting scene. That's the only time I yeah. noticed it. Yeah. It, it was in every single... T- but, almost uh, every time someone saw the killer before they were getting killed by them. Like, even in the very first scene, she's getting chased by the killer. And then she, like, comes upon someone and goes, Oh, thank god you're here. I need you to help me or whatever. And then that's the killer. She just never saw the killer at that time. Yeah. And, like, the motorcycle scene didn't have that. He was just killed immediately. The weightlifting death is also the last time we, we have an instance where uh, the killer's not shown on screen. Like, when they're actually, like, doing the killing. Mm-hmm. But, like, the weightlifting scene is, like, he's he's lifting mm-hmm. weights, and the person comes in, and he's like, hey, put some extra weights on this. And it's like, the, you know, you put more weights on it. And then, like, he's, like, struggling with it. 
and they pull the bar back and so they just hold they just like no no you gotta help me and then they just like pick up like a like a smaller weight and they just throw it at his fucking dick oh, and his dick <laughs> yeah. they, they straight just just and, drop it right on his and fucking he just tub. Drops the the fucking bar and then just. Let me just tell you right blood now. Spray. You're sitting there. You're doing bench presses, and someone takes away the little support bar that you're supposed to put the fucking you know barbell on. You just put it behind your head and drop yep. it. Yeah. Yep. You know how fucking easy that would be. You could <laughs> throw it backwards. And then you get up and whip their fucking ass because you outweigh them by probably a hundred pounds in like strength. Yeah, you're fucking Owen Hart. Yeah. <laughs> You're basically just put him in the fucking sharpshooter. You're basically just slightly younger Owen Hart, and only slightly more dead, I think, with a dick smash and also a <laughs> throat <laughs> head explode. Yeah. For me, this was the hardest one to watch. It's like you forget the <laughs> the ball trauma, <laughs> and then the neck trauma, and it's like it's a double whammy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a hardcore kill. It's just like nobody would be stupid enough to get killed this way, even this dumbass. It is like straight up like. <laughs> mangled dick scenario because like you see the the nub of his dick in, in the tiny 1980s gym shorts the nub it's called a bulge Steven. <laughs> well, the nub steroid so it's a nub you know a <laughs> uh, very small dick and ball still easy to smash the weight comes down on his neck and you actually do see it it's like cool and you see the mm. blood s- splatter everywhere which i thought it was like the best death in the movie pretty much it was one of the better ones the motorcycle one's good. Aside from some of the throat slashings, are yeah. pretty pretty realistic looking. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Even, I still like counting them up. I still don't even get six deaths in my mind that are in any way noteworthy. It's like the kebab in the in the weights. That's it. Yeah, I mean, like, the rest of them are just like, eh, we killed you with like a a, a knife or a knife whatever. In there. There's a lot of playing up whether she's crazy and uh, yeah, uh, her. Slowly remembering the trauma and how they rebuilt our brain with using a, a sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, fun uh, fun fact. There is like a graphic uh, like brain surgery scene. They had an actual like neurosurgeon do that on a fake brain. So that's kind of cool. Why though? I don't know. <laughs> I think it points for it, man. Well, yeah, they do. I, I think they get points for it too because it it looks fucking awesome. Yeah. And like he him just being on set, he could be like, no, this doesn't really look right or whatever, and like talk about making this look fucking gruesome. It straight up looks like brain surgery. Yeah. That's not even one of the brutal, brutal murders, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, so we're, we're supposed to think that uh, she is a murderer. Yes. Because, you know, obviously when they rebuilt her brain, they did it wrong. They, uh, they the, didn't make uh, her better or faster or stronger. The electromagnets that regenerate the, uh, the newt's tail just aren't the same. For... <laughs> You're a successful guinea pig. But, uh, but it's so, still a pig, though, from Guinea. So we see her kill one of the red herrings. Because a lot of these guys seem like future killers. They're killers in waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you may as well kill them. Uh, yeah, they all are. At the very least, rapists. We can oh, the French much, guy, definitely. They're all super rich. We can uh, pretty much assume they've raped someone either literally or figuratively. And then the guy <laughs> right. that uh, pulls a knife like while well, they're in the bell tower and... Uh, He's like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm gonna gotcha. What would happen if we... You scared, motherfucker. rope for the bell? I don't understand. What is he implying would happen if you cut the rope for the bell? 
I don't know. I thought he was talking about like uh, cutting the rope that's holding the bell up. So whenever they pulled it, the whole bell, the would, bell fall would come down and kill the guy. Yeah, <laughs> but he was he was gesturing to the rope that you just pull on. Yeah, which so wouldn't do a damn thing. The, it would it's make like, the rope break. Oh the... no, he can't ring the bell for Max. He has an affinity for ropes. And maybe the reason he cut himself is because he was both jacking off and cutting the rope at the same time. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, mm, cut those fucking threads, mm, twine. We don't know exactly what happened. That bell rope is just like an <laughs> auto-asphyxiation rope that he's like used for many years and he's become attached to it. Yeah, and he's going to cut it off there because he's graduating, he's going to take it with him. Because <laughs> you see him pull the knife, hurt, she screams, and uh, the most we get out of it is that he somehow he cut his hand and she freaked out. Yeah. But... We don't see anything that happens as far as that the goes. The scene tries to play off like maybe she killed him. And then like a few minutes later, it's just he just pops up again. Hanging upside down like some kind of Batman. Yeah. And and then when, she, when she talks to someone else, she's just like, sorry, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to get him in trouble. And it's just like, okay, so you're dumb too. He shows up. He's making this face because they've discovered something in the garden. Which uh, earlier we saw him like... Uh, like tucking away like a scarf that it was partially buried. Yeah. Putting a little more dirt over it. It's like, okay, well, he must be the killer with abnormally thin legs. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. He just wore too many pairs but of No, it was jeans. just a fucking prank. Why would you even bother covering up the. He <laughs> just wouldn't. Ah, yes, the killer, Thin Legs Johnson. <laughs> Who squealed? Was it Johnny Tightlips? Or Freddy the Squealer. <laughs> to go ahead and tell you what the fucking plot is, because I'm sure no one has deduced it from this total mad ramblings, and they sound mad and rambling-y because that's what this is. Yeah, what the we, whole I just want to point this out that I, I know for a fact that both Philip and myself were inebriated while watching this fucking movie, and that had nothing to do with how fucking confused we were <laughs> while watching it. No. Like, <laughs> I thought it must, but like looking yeah. back, I'm like, no, these scenes still don't make any sense. Like, no, I mean. No, yeah. I, I was completely sober. It's it's nonsense. <laughs> and not good nonsense, no. like your. Right. Yeah, I was I was watching this with the intent of a, a detective. It's like, I was on the same page as the headmistress that uh, decided she was going to become head detective. Until suddenly she just disappeared from plot. <laughs> Fuck that mistress, by the way. And I was trying to follow all the clues, and the clues don't add up, do they? <laughs> no, they don't. And the reason they don't add up is because they don't want you to know what's going to happen. And there's a difference between keeping you in the dark for the sake of mystery and just lying to you so that you will have no possible way of figuring out the plot. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, like, like let's, just finish, part of the plan, let's man. just finish this movie up. Yeah. <laughs> the audience sees... Uh, our main girl... What is Her name's Virginia. 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 We see her commit a murder. So it's like, Multiple. okay. She has to be where, the killer. This is where we are now. Yeah. Let's stop thinking about who the killer is. Like, we you see her do multiple murders. Yes. Well, eventually. But once we At finally point, do see her do it, we're like, bodies, okay, we don't need a mystery anymore. We just need to figure out how they're going to catch her. The bodies are disappearing. So the doctor comes over and is like, hey, you said there was a body here. There isn't. You're nuts. But, you know, in a friendlier way. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, I'm going to stick around until your dad gets back for your birthday. Just like he promised that he would. Although he had not broken his promise on a previous <laughs> life-threatening <laughs> yeah. night. But, uh, yeah, so she was in a... This is all jarred by uh, the previous accident where uh, her mom was uh, throwing her a birthday party. 
and no one came. showed up, and so she lost her fucking mind. So she drunk drives over to the rich guy's house, who is secretly her dad. And God damn it! <laughs> this is where you get into Cheats' explanation of that this movie had no ending, so they're basically just flying by the seat of their pants at this yeah. point. Yeah. Okay, so this is the end of her revelations. She's seen the accident. She earned full knowledge of what happened to mess up her brain. Yes. So, cut to, we believe her now to be the killer. And she's insane because of brain surgery and also car accident. Dad gets back home. Yep. There's blood all over her room. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ends up going to this this little cabin or whatever where uh, I I don't know if he thought she would... I, I guess she just thinks that, uh, he, that she'd be she would there. be there. Yeah, if she was So it goes alive. in and a birthday party is set up and we see his daughter... With all her friends that didn't show up to the previous party there. Having been murdered and then arranged. Yes, the body. One of the realist reactions in this movie was the fucking guy going in and seeing the blood all over the fucking walls in the bathroom. And he's like, what the fuck is happening? Like, yeah. just imagine walking to a, a room. Nobody is in there. And there's just blood everywhere. I'd just be like... Virginia! <laughs> my baby! Virginia! What the fuck? Steven earlier said that they were flying by the seat of their pants for this plot because they didn't have one initially. I would I would go so far as to say they're flying by the seat of their uh, testosterone shrank testicles. Mm. Because it is just it's just too shitty. We don't know what happened, so you know this what, is what happened. You know what it's one step over the line for me? Okay, one of the one took too far. <laughs> one of the people that we saw murdered, her friend Anne, I think it's it is. We see what she's wearing. Yep. She's supposedly drowned. Fine. Whatever. When she's at the table, head down, wearing that same outfit, <laughs> when uh, we see our main character, or what we believe to be our main character, come out, it's like, hey daddy, this is the party. Bam, you're dead. Takes off the clothing that she had drowned in. And, and she's wearing the, the other outfit underneath yeah, they, that outfit. They have identical outfits on yeah. that are over top of... That are like, underneath of like, their other uh, outfits, yeah. They're like crisscross. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it makes me want to jump, jump right off a fucking bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. They are fucking crisscrossed. It would have been... The only thing that could have made it more is if their pants were backwards. He didn't know what the girl that... Drowned was wearing, so why is she in the costume? I don't, dude. There's no She's reason. She's taking it off for no one except for the audience. <laughs> there's no reason, man. There's no fucking reason. Pulls off that costume. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to pull off my costume, too, which is this dress that he didn't it's fucking see. opposite dress. He wouldn't even know about this dress. This is a dress from the party night. This is how they make it as dumb as Jaws the Revenge, because it's just Jaws remembering things that didn't ever happen to him. But we're in sepia tone for some reason. But we're happening <laughs> in third person to Chief Brody, who's now dead. It's like, yes. what? Okay, now is the moment we've seen. It's like, there are two that say they're a sister. It's like, it's time to wake up, sister. The crate, the one that had the brain injury yeah. was the one laying at the table. Yes. And not the drowned girl, Anne. And also Anne, not the murderer, even though she's been wearing the face of the murderer this whole time. Anne is the true murderer wearing the face of Virginia. Because that's a thing. Everybody knows Mission that... Impossible. It is a thing. Yeah, well... <laughs> hey, Mission Impossible told us, man. Mission Impossible told us that you could use incredibly advanced technology to 3D print 
Philip Seymour Hoffman's face. <laughs> Guess what? You probably can. What you can't do is, as a teenager, somehow get a perfect replica face made, <laughs> and then also replicate their voice using no technology at all, just using fake voice, and their gait, which is, like, fucking impossible. Like, people... Security companies use people's gait to recognize them as they walk in as a, as a biometric. Like, you can't just replicate somebody's walk! No, you can't! <laughs> okay, so, Virginia and Anne struggle and has murdered... Well, she's killed in self-defense. Yes. But the police show up just in time to see her drop you to the floor dead. It's like, what the hell did you do? It must have been Virginia the whole time. It would have been great. It had like the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm music start playing. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it's totally a Curb moment. But also like... Once again, we run into this Jet Li scenario where, like, rather than just explain what happened, she just has to creepily sing happy birthday to me. No, I don't think that actually happened. I think that was... That was part of her mental breakdown, part two. Well, her mouth was moving at first to go along with the song, mm. but then it stopped moving halfway through the song, and then that went to credits. So I was like... I think she said something that wasn't related to that. I think this was probably a different plot point that they decided they couldn't do anymore because they changed the plot again. Oh my god. So dumb. What a fucking clusterfuck. Happy birthday to you, Steven. Happy birthday <laughs> Thank you. to you. Thank you. A shitty 80s horror movie. I'll just make sure we watch Jaws of Revenge twice for next We've week. We've already watched I'm it! Okay with that. For the podcast. <laughs> you know, this could have been fine had they not done like the the rubber mask angle, you know? Yeah. I think it would have been yeah. much better. I mean, Anne could have still been the killer and leading her on to believe that she's actually the killer, that Virginia is. Yeah, it's pretty easy to manipulate someone when they have massive, massive brain damage to the point where they don't remember their life. Just yeah, lie to so, them. Uh, right. The reason her motivation was uh, because she had like this secret sister that uh, her mom, the aunt's mom found out about, They le she left. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's the whole deal there. Usually... When re-listening to the podcast, like, if we fuck up and don't explain, like, a key thing about a movie, I'm like, fuck, nobody, nobody knew what happened there, because, but that doesn't matter for this, because what we've said is what happened in the movie, it just doesn't make any fucking sense, <laughs> and that's by design. So, again, happy birthday to Steven, yep. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna move on to Dead and Buried, the movie that at least makes some kind of sense. Yeah. I think just totally fine. To hear him mispronunciate a word, Cheats, why don't you go ahead and read the plot for this one? I'm just not gonna do it. <laughs> For Steven's birthday. A suspense horror film set in a small coastal town where, after a series of gory murders committed by mobs of townspeople against visiting tourists, the corpses begin to come back to life. Oh, spoiler alert in the synopsis, by no the way. No fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. You should probably pre-read that one decided. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. You know... I mean, honestly, come on, who cares? If you've seen Hot Fuzz, you've seen this fucking movie. It's just the same, but a comedy. That's all. They're brought back from the dead. Nobody comes back to life in, in Hot okay. Fuzz, but it's like a very similar beats until the people start coming back to life. This movie kind of sent me for a, a little bit of a turn right at the beginning, because when it started off, I was like, okay, it seems like we're going to get kind of a, like, the fog situation here. Right. And then, right after the first scene, I was like, Okay, so this is going to be more of like a Children of the Corn scenario, but like 
adults, right. obviously, like townspeople or hot. yeah. But Stephen, but Stephen, which children of the corn is it most like? Definitely not the suburban one or whatever. <laughs> the you've, you've seen them all at this point. Not yet. I've, I, I'm on. I'm on six. Okay, that would be three. The the harvest or maze or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> but then I was like, oh yeah, it's gonna be like an adult version of like you know culty town of murders and stuff. And then like halfway through the movie, it's like, okay, well this just totally switched horror genres on me but I was actually kind of fine with it and then it switches genres again for the ending yeah fuck it yep still better than Jurassic World 2 so oh that's a low low bar (laughs) well there it is ah shit I'm trying to remember who gets killed first uh someone who at the time is just kind of called Freddy he's a photographer he's taking some oh yeah he just shows up on on the the beach. beach yeah and then this super hot girl shows up and it's just like, what's up? You want hey, to yeah. pr- take a picture of my boobs? I can see <laughs> I can see by the look of that camera, that's a large format camera. That's not a joke camera. You are, you're a professional. And he's like, yeah, I am. And she's just like, so what are you doing? He's just like, well, I was taking pictures of random sea <laughs> nonsense, but then you showed up and it's like, fuck all that. I can tell by that camera it's a large format camera. Do you have anything else that's a large format? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps a large format penis and balls. <laughs> <laughs> the large balls. <laughs> like wow. Everybody knows. Lo- the longer your balls are, the whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You look like a Fred. No, a Freddy. Freddy Large Balls. Long Balls. <laughs> it's, it's Freddy Long Balls. That's his mobster name. <laughs> Who was it? Was it Freddy Long Balls or was it Freddy Tight Lips? Is it, wait, is it Long Balls or Large Balls? It, it, it's the same thing. Yes. Don't worry about it. Yes. Who cares? So anyways, she's like doing a little bit of that like little turn on the catwalk photograph like poses. And he's like, work it, work it. And then she's like, oh, but what about these titties? And this is whenever the movie goes, oh, right away, I'm just going to be way better than Happy Birthday to Me. Just right away. (laughs) Here's some beautiful tits. And I watched this first, by the way. I watched Dead and Buried before Happy Birthday to Me. So I watched it second. So It was like biting into my birthday cake and then having it being made of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Steven, do you like ice cream cake? Well, then you're going to love shit cake. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, here's this delicious cake that is Dead and Buried. It's like... Okay, cool. I'm kind of into this cake, and then I take a bite of, into it for Happy Birthday to me, and I just immediately just eat diarrhea. Ugh. Like, <laughs> why? <laughs> it's like, well, we left the cake out too long, got a little bit melted. So um, brutal for a scene, by the way. They straight up net this guy to a fucking pole and burn him to death. And like, they net him hardcore, like straight up predator net. By the way, they, they netted him so hard <laughs> that his, that the net is like pulling his features in weird, like dis- distorted ways. Yeah, this is after they already beat the living shit out of him See, and his legs. By the way, they I, beat the fuck out of his legs. Yep. I never I forget par- to mention that. I think part of the way his face is twisted is actually just prosthetic. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean. Some of it would have to be because there's parts of I mean, it that are twisted where it's like the net's not even on him anymore. Yeah, like his nose is like bent all crazy. Or they broke his nose when they were whipping his ass. <laughs> and that's what they were supposed Either to Either way, do. it looked fucking cool. And then they decided to douse him with gasoline and light him the fuck on fire. Dude, fucking brutal fucking final line when you're killing somebody. It's just like, welcome to Bluff's Point or whatever the fuck the place is. Potter's, Potter's Bluff. Bluff. Potter's Bluff. <laughs> Potter's Bluff. <laughs> welcome to Potter's Bluff. This is what we do to fucking tourists. We fucking burn them alive on the goddamn beach. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. They didn't even let him have sex with this 
hot girl first. I wish the town had a better name. The Potter's Bluff. Potter's Bluff sounds really stupid. Yeah, I mean, but also consider this is like... Well, the idea is to make it sound, like, uh, not threatening. Yeah, that's true. It's supposed to be like, ah, it's just Potter's Bluff. This is quite literally creepy North Main Town. Yeah. So... It's you don't go down to that beach. Round sour down yeah. at that beach. The sand sour. But, uh, <laughs> the sand is uh, flammable down there. <laughs> most, but not all of the special effects in the movie are done by Stan Winston. He did quite a few of them. and His team or him himself? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this would have been like same year as American Werewolf in London, actually. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is like pre-Aliens. Like, yeah, this, is, this is like... Early Stan Winston stuff. Wait, 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 wait. It's not pre-Aliens. Oh, oh Aliens. Yeah, Aliens. Aliens, yeah. 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 Aliens. I don't know if Winston did the effects on the first one. Yeah, I think he did. I think he did. Yeah, which, again, another thing in the the trivia on this is that he was only there for a limited period of time, which is why there's a couple, like, deaths and things toward the end of this movie that are not as good as the stuff in the beginning part, and that's just because he just just couldn't come back. All right, I came and did what I needed to. Like, y'all got this. I think the one thing that... You can tell it's like, oh well, that's one of his. It's like the when uh they bring in the hitchhiker, and he completely takes her apart and redoes her in a yeah yeah. A coroner fancies himself an artist. Yeah, well, spoilers: corners don't strip people down to their muscles and then just rebuild their whole goddamn face. Uh, very cool looking, by the way. It's fucking amazing looking. This whole sequence. A bunch of the effects in this are fucking great. No big surprise. My first guess would have been Savini or Nicotero or something mm-hmm. like that. It wouldn't have been Stan Winston. That's that's pretty interesting because he doesn't usually do the horror. Yeah, and like a, another example of that is this this dude who gets burned to death. Uh, well, almost. With the very next scene is when the the police show up and they like find the wreckage of his car and they find him. The guys like they they he's start mummy po- wrapped. Yeah, well, they start poking at him in the car, and he's, you know, he's just this burnt husk, and then he starts fucking screaming because yeah. he's still alive. When they actually put him in the hospital, and we, we get a scene of, of him later, like, wrapped up in the bed, that's an animatronic. I thought it was an actual person, but in the trivia, it reveals that, like, it's an actual, like, animatronic on, like, how they set it up. That's cool. Yeah. They look great. Most of everything in this looks really good. It was very fortunate that I watched this second. And they do it perfectly in the fog, too. There's just something about, and in uh, Dagon, as we discussed before, there's something about these these little, like, foggy seaside towns are, are always excellent. Yes. For, for filming. Ingredients include one lighthouse, one bait shop. Yep. And there just has to be, like, four four to six inches of fog on the ground at all times. I'm, in, I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. Fog makes it scarier. F-O-double-G Some neat things also with this. Apparently there's like actually a lot of issues with the production company wanting them to do certain things differently. But just some examples of things like the director and crew did to like get the, the effect they wanted. This beach scene at the very beginning, apparently when they were doing it, it was it was like in the trivia it says it was too nice of a day out. So what they did is they hung like uh, banners and meshing off like a cliff nearby mm-hmm. to try to filter out as much sunlight for where they were to try to give it like this kind of dreary feeling. And there's also That's a some uh, that is some effort. Well, there's also the uh, there's a scene later on um, where like some of the characters go into this house. It's like just completely dark and everything's super foggy. That was a case of like what they did to get that is they actually built a fucking tent over this house and then piped fog just into fumigated it. it. Yeah, <laughs> like they, they get kind of shot they wanted. That's fucking awesome. That's fucking cool. Yeah, and these and it works. Most of everything effects wise in this movie. 
rules. Do you guys ever just want to tell production companies to go fuck themselves? Well, yeah. It's like, just let me make my fucking movie. I mean, especially if you're making something that's fairly low budget. Right. It's like, yeah, fuck it. Like, hey, you know, this is going to coast by, man. <laughs> Nothing pisses me off more than hearing something like, th- they weren't doing it the way the production company wanted them to. And it's like, fuck them. <laughs> series of murders happen, and the the only person who seems to be not in on the joke of everybody getting murdered is the police chief, who is, like, investigating all these different deaths. He's like, look, two people have died from who were out-of-towners in two fucking days. Like, that's not a thing. not a, Especially not in this fucking town. And a little bit of background for the police chief is he was there as a kid, left, and moved away, mm-hmm. and then returned. Yeah, and I... Like, as an adult to become like the sheriff which is a stereotypical plot of like that's like doesn't isn't that exactly jaws like wasn't his parents from that island no he was a complete out-of-towner he just simply moved there yeah well regardless it's always the fucking out-of-towner that's like for some reason in some kind of position of authority and like has to figure out why the fuck all these people are so crazy it really is almost just like jaws he can be he can give an unbiased opinion about it he's like well i'm not crazy like everyone else here because i'm i didn't live here my whole life yeah he's us he's our uh, right and also an, an, you know another trope for this is the uh one sheriff town like he's like the one cop like yeah. period uh, the one thing that, like, if I could change anything about this movie that I actually think it'd make it a little bit better is, like, when we, we get introduced to him, we have the scene at the corner, the guy in the car. The next scene is, like, the next morning in the diner, whenever they're, like, talking about the case, and he, he's just like, man, something about this doesn't add up, is when he's leaving, the camera pans over to who is, like, the waitress or like, the person that runs the diner, and it's one of the people that was on the beach killing the guy uh, the night before, and it's fine they paint over to her, but the thing I don't like is they include like this like scare chord. Oh music. Yeah, yeah, and it's like if I could change one thing, I would be I would remove the bits like that. It's like we already saw her. Yeah, we don't we know we you know we don't need <laughs> we don't need it. We know, but you know they're playing it for the yeah team. yeah. I agree with you, cheats for the people who were already making out because there weren't enough jump scares. For the person who's getting a hand job, they just want- and then you get the people like you said, cheats that uh that wreck their car. Yeah. And go into the fucking house and make literally every excuse possible to man for going into this abandoned house. Like, I saw a light in there. The dad is so fucking not on board almost the entire time. He's like, look, this place is abandoned. Everything here is fucked. We need to leave. (laughs) And the the mom's just like, oh, no, no, no. There's a light. No, no, they must be fixing fuses in the basement. Like, they're, they're definitely here. This empty fridge, I mean, that's just normal. Yeah. Like, well, that whole scene starts out being aggravating because she's just like, I saw a light. And he's like, you didn't see a light. And it's like, dude, it's a light. You don't have to call her a liar right now. <laughs> it would be different if she's just like, you're a fucking liar, I mean, Sally. You're a goddamn liar. I mean, given the, the house that it was in, it's like, oh, well, yeah, probably somebody's over there smoking crack or something. <laughs> <laughs> or at the very least, just looting it. Yeah. <laughs> like, just fucking, that's got the flashlight on inside, fucking trying yeah, to steal which, shit. These people are also like they're the the third death. the The death we have before that is just this drunk bastard who's like near like some like shipping, basically. Yeah. Like his entire scene is, is nonsense. But it's it, a little it it's a little drawn out. Drawn out of just him being just spewing drunk nonsense, but then they just show him get straight knifed. Like, I, 
I thought it was like a fishing harpoon. Was it? Oh, that's right. He does get yeah. harpooned. But they slit his throat too, right? Well, so he's just around and like one of them shows up and he's like, I don't know what he actually says. It kind of came out like that. It was that. pretty much that. And then like, they just kind of like grab him through some like boating and like they hold him against it and they cut his eye and then they, they like cut his throat kind of shallow. That's right. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry. They stab him in the gut and then they cut his throat. Yeah, that's what I was saying. They harpoon him a couple times. This is a case of like, it actually works when they show like deaths in the other scenes. Is because like the sheriff, I think his name's Dan, is like slowly kind of putting things to, together on just like, you know, this doesn't add up and that doesn't add up. It's an and, example. It's like an opposite of an example of what Happy Birthday to Me was. It's like uh, a rinse and repeat that works for the movie. Right. You know, it works for the storyline because we are able to follow the fucking storyline. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> there's filming equipment, and he asks one of the dude, like, the guy who's in charge of the school, and he's like, hey, did you buy this filming equipment? And he's just like, what are you talking about? We we didn't buy anything. Yeah. And, then, like, he talks to, like, this innkeeper, and the innkeeper's like, oh, you should talk to your wife. And then he, like, goes home and talks to his wife, and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, the, well, that guy, well, you know. It's a typical thing you see in a lot of video games, especially ones where they don't want to put a lot of effort into the plot, where it's just like, oh no, uh, you need to talk to this guy. Oh, and here's like a fucking magic four-leaf clover. You'll need this. <laughs> right. But they don't really tell you who you need to talk to. It's just always like, ah, oh, I heard a mysterious story about a man who walks the the, uh, the north side of the island on the foggy days. It's just like, fucking God damn it. Stop it. I'm sick of the big Goron sword. <laughs> I think maybe... Not quite halfway through, but the movie takes like a, a pretty huge turn because we've just been getting the crazy town folk just killing people. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the introduction of basically the zombies that we talked about this, with a synopsis where the sheriff accidentally hits someone and he gets out of his car and they're laying on the ground and their arm is caught in the grill of his, of his car, still moving. He takes it, the person gets up, smacks him to the ground, takes their own arm and runs the fuck off. Yeah. And so then it's like, oh, okay, you know, we got crazy cultists, maybe. Now we have fucking zombies. Yeah. But in this movie, I'm actually surprised that there's not some sort of thing that says, like, this was influenced by, like, Lovecraft or something. Well, that's what Dehart had texted me last night, is that he felt like it was kind of a less alien uh, Lovecraft story. Yeah. Because the whole thing is just, like, very much just really creepy. And I think the setting has a lot to do with it, too. Yeah. I think that that's where our brains go. Because this is the town of Lovecraft. I don't know what fucking mad lad at some point, ever how long ago, was just like, Maine's creepy. But it's like everyone since then, like Stephen King, Lovecraft, other people in like the like New England territories. Just Stephen like, King lives in Maine. Well, yes, I know. <laughs> but my, my point is... Well, yeah. He but... knows it's creepy. And the spoiler it is because of it. <laughs> Right. I think Philip's the only one of us that's actually been to Maine. I don't know how creepy it is. Yeah, I mean, I never, I wasn't there for the creepy season. You know what I'm saying? Like, so... <laughs> <laughs> this is the busy season! Yeah, uh... The creepy season. Poe's the earliest I can think of. Creepy New Englander. <laughs> he was Maryland, right? Baltimore? Mm, somewhere around there. Yeah. Either way, East Coast... I mean, all of that is one giant city. Let's be real. When you're past Maryland, it's just city, 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 city. I mean, city. Lovecraft wasn't in Maine. He was in Rhode Island. But, you know, it's all it's all the fucking same. Yeah, basically. The, the New England Territory. They all say lobster. Lobster. Right? If you just take fog and put it in an east, eastern seaboard small town, yeah, it's creepy. So, um, turns out, and it's not so hard, it's not so far a bridge to travel here. Turns out that everyone is being reanimated by the creepy fucking corner guy he's creepy right away when he shows up to the very first crime scene he's just like 
like getting out of his car and like listening to music and saying like poetic things. Dude, when he pulls up, he's not running the siren. He's got the light on and he's blaring out like uh, hits from the 1930s. <laughs> yes, and he's like, sounds amazing. Yeah, he yeah. Con- he constantly listens to like big band jazz music, which is creepy in itself. Yeah, it is <laughs> very much so. I kind of really dig it though because in this. Uh, Sheriff Dan's wife has like a voodoo book and a knife. I don't know why she's it's teaching witchcraft. kids voodoo in elementary school. Well, that, that is a thing. She says yeah. witchcraft yeah. when she's talking to him. And the book is a witchcraft book. But when she's at school... She's talking about voodoo shit. Yes. Yeah. So this is just... It's, it's just, just fucking evil It's town. just a hodgepodge <laughs> of nonsense. Yeah. He, he never actually like stood around and listened to what they were learning. This is every day. Yeah. It's not... It's satanic mathematics. <laughs> Everything, you know, all the different ways you can end up with the number 666, including including two, two-thirds fraction. Yeah. Number 23, man. Oh, Every time the coroner is, like, working on, like, people's bodies and, like, trying to revive them, he's always listening to, like, big band music, like we said, was creepy. So, it doesn't say this, but it's just, like, it's really neat to me that his, like, ritual music for this is just, like, the magic for reviving people works when he listens to 1920s jazz. Yeah, yeah it's, it's part of his whole thing. So, first, he claims he's, re, he's like, wanting to, like, put these bodies back together for the purpose of, like, his craft and for, like, the mourners. But it's clear he doesn't give a fuck about that. Like, at all. Like... He's like, oh, I gotta bury this body in an unmarked grave because we don't know who the fuck it is and there's too, they were too fucked up to recognize them. And he's bitching about this and it's like, there's nobody here to mourn them. Like, what the fuck difference does it make? What he looks well, like? He knows. He knows yes. about these guys because you can't have died a natural death. You have to... Death by violence. Yes, that's part and of the... Then, they explain uh, that in the school children's <laughs> lesson. Well, that was in the, the book that he... That he uh, she had highlighted. It's right. Like, oh. Circled. <laughs> death by violence. <laughs> and, uh... Also, they have to hide the heart. The master hides the heart, and then they go out and do his bidding. Right. Which is gathering up new people for him to, uh... Yeah, it's... Immortalize. A, it's, it's a little House of Waxy, as far as the, like... Yeah, yeah, I felt that way, too. Except for that in House of Wax, obviously, nobody's a zombie. But in, like... Again, it's like, I feel like it has a ton of those... Uh, Hot Fuzz vibes where it's just like the whole point of the town is this one specific goal that is kind of arbitrary. It's like, we just want to be the greatest, the, we just want to be the best town. The greater good. It turns out everyone who's getting killed good. isn't for like any particularly good reason. It's just oh, he, he did a bad job at this Shakespeare play so we killed him. It was It was stupid. We didn't like it. Well, he did have a really annoying laugh. And this is where you get that really awesome fucking effect that we were talking about where like he's rebuilding. Yeah. He time lapse rebuilds the face. Like he cuts it down to the nerves and fucking muscles and shit and then just like rebuilds it with clay. Which is simply how they made this prosthetic. Like oh, so I'm sure that's what they we did. We did we totally didn't mention this uh major plot point of when they're murdering him, there are all kinds of people documenting it with cameras and they've got a old right. fashioned like movie yeah, camera. Giant flashes and stuff. Yeah. I I I couldn't, really cool, de- I couldn't decide if that was supposed to be like these are reference photos for re- when they're reconstructing the guy. The stills, I'm, I guarantee, are the other ones are. You know, but it was always after they started killing him. 
You know what I mean? Like, if you were going to take reference photos, it would be before they fucking well, mangled him. They always start with a, with a picture, and then it's like, ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it is, like, right as they start. Yeah, you could just take all the photos and then put it in reverse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, without those videos and, and stills, like, how are you going to have the creepy collage of fucking videos and, and camera shots at the end of the movie? Yeah, and this... Right? That whole scene is, is pretty nonsense if you stop and think about it. He's got this many projectors. They're all playing the same type of stuff, but in different directions. It's spooky. It's supposed to be spooky. It's yeah, part of it's, his, like, symphony of horror whenever he's, like, putting together, <laughs> like, bodies. Like, he listens to the 30s music. He puts some projectors up that are playing 8mm film of people being murdered. Gets him in the mood. Gets his... His uh, dick hard. You know, <laughs> prosthetic dick. Okay, so, uh... <laughs> do you think that this is not the first time he's done it? Like in a particular town? No, 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 no. He, we know that he's been there for like ten years at this point. Yeah. But, I mean, God damn it! This is gonna be a pun. Okay. Isn't it? So no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know where D Hart's okay. going with this. When we get to the end and the big reveal, he says, "I do so love these games of chess with you." Makes me think. It's like, yeah, we've done this before. You figured me out. <laughs> yeah, he's probably like a crazy Nazi. And, but you know, you're just he just forget. forgot because he already fucking. Because I'm your master, and I'll, I I'll just tell embrace you your think. mind. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I guess he probably has done this before. Like he's like, I'm doing this big reveal just because it's fucking fun, and I'm gonna do it again as soon as I wipe your fucking memory. It's gonna. This be feels awesome. like Hitler Nazi science bullshit. Yeah, but I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't get into the idea of uh, exactly how he does his. Thing. He just rebuilds it, and then it's for some reason alive. It's like, hey, the secret's gonna die with me. <laughs> he literally said that. Yeah, he's like, I'm not telling. I'm not, especially not telling you, heart slave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that's another really good part. Whenever, uh, whenever he finds like that heart, the, uh, the Freddy zombie. Yeah. Uh, one, he goes from being a live guy to being a burn guy <laughs> in the hospital, and then uh, gets stabbed through the eye, and murdered. Mm-hmm. Then he's rebuilt, becomes the gas station attendant. <laughs> and uh but it's like okay we've got a we got this telex it, it's i guess it's like pre-fax fax in yeah. from uh st louis they want the body it's like we're gonna exhume it and it's like well i don't i just dig them <laughs> dig the, i just bury them i don't dig them up i think <laughs> the word fax <laughs> at one time was copywritten and probably like telex is exactly probably. the same as a fucking yeah. fax so they dig up the the uh the coffin, all that's in it, is the heart wrapped up in his old clothes. Yeah, his stupid fucking. It's cool. His <laughs> stupid, yeah, it's fucking great. And whenever they, whenever they like, bam, reveal the heart that's in there, which we clearly know is going to be the heart at this point, and it's just like this fucking squishy fucking. It's way. It's a little big. Yeah, I mean, but that's for camera reasons. Yeah. Like it's fucking fine. It's real gross, and I loved it. You got a couple of ventricles flopping around. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> It's pretty good. <laughs> you know what? I'm just, I'm just, I'm gonna say it. I'm a sucker for a floppy ventricle. It's <laughs> my fucking engine running or whatever the fuck. He also shows him his reanimated wife. Yeah, everybody's reanimated. The whole town. Everyone who didn't just get there is a monster that's gonna kill the person who just got there. Right, but there was just the the confrontation between him and his reanimated wife, where he's like shooting her mm-hmm. and not aiming at the head. I know, I feel like this entire situation could... Because the way the movie ends is, like, the guy brings in his wife. Turns out that she's, like, his masterpiece. She's, like, the best one. 
Uh, Dan kind of freaks out, shoots her a couple times, has his like mental breakdown because she goes to a grave. He buries her. She realizes after she's been shot so many times that, oh, I'm not alive. It's just, it's like it kind of re- like jogged the memory as like of her being dead. Yeah, because again, these guys only know what he tells them that they know. I feel like it's something you would you would know if you're if you're the husband. Wait a minute. <laughs> Since we're basically done with this movie, I want to cap it off with another plot that was needlessly convoluted. <laughs> what was it? It was like Dark World or something like that? Dark City? Dark City. Yes. See, I don't. I think that was just convoluted enough. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it took it just a toke over the line. Not a big deal. But I just wanted to bring up how needlessly ridiculous it was. It was like if the Matrix fucking got rewritten six times during while it was being made, and then they just roll with the punches each time. But anywho, dumb. Another dumb movie yeah, I'm well, watching. You it. know, movie ends, Sheriff Dan finds out everybody in the town is fucking dead. He shoots the doctor to try to kill him. The doctor revives himself. Yeah. And then Dan comes back, and the doctor like shows him the clip where it shows, like, Dan's been dead the whole time, too. Yeah, and then the movie help. ends. He sees the clip of her murdering for the doctor, you know, on... And the person that he murdered was him. Yeah. He flips over, he's a dead corpse, having just fucked another dead corpse and also been murdered by it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's a weird movie. It's one of those ones where it ends and you're just like, so everyone was dead in the first place except for the few bystanders who were killed pretty much immediately. So, okay. See you later, then. Weird movie. <laughs> kind of into it, though. Oh, I'm way into it. It's a great way to end a movie. It's way better than if you ended in a stereotypical stupid-ass way or boring way or in a way that where somebody sings happy birthday to themselves rather than like try to explain that she's not the one who did it, all these murders. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a, it's a way better way to end the viewing of both of these movies to end with this one and not the other one. Got that diggity scale. Diggity 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 scale. I guess I'll start since it's my birthday. And I would say happy birthday to me. Oh gosh, man. Very low. uh, I don't know. I guess slight rise. A slight rise. I was going to say anything lower than a slight rise is going to fuck up our future ratings. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I'll say a slight rise. There was a couple things in it that I liked. I liked the, uh, the, the gym death. And there was some promise of some good deaths. There was promise of six of the best deaths of all time, apparently. <laughs> Which was hilarious because it, it was it w- exactly walked the line between being a complete bunch of bullshit. It's like, we've got one of the actual deaths on the poster. <laughs> but it won't be like this. It's not going to be cool. Yeah, the tagline of this movie should and basically be, Happy birthday to me. You will be disappointed with your present. <laughs> <laughs> your wish is not coming true. Yeah. For Dead and Buried, I'm going to give that just enough, actually. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't think I would enjoy the genre flip, like, right in the middle. But I was, like, totally on board. Good effects. There's a couple that were kind of kind of meh in there. And uh, good acting was fine. The set was great. I liked it. My scores are going to mirror Steven's scores. Uh, definitely just enough for Dead and Buried. I like it quite a bit. I would definitely give it a recommend. I would definitely watch it over Happy Birthday to Me. Happy Birthday to Me gets a slight rise and that, like, there is a semblance of what could have been a good movie here, and it's not bad. Like, if someone just tells me they want to watch it, I'm not going to tell them, like, they're going to waste their time. It's 
It could have been better. The ending's really disappointing. They fucked us. Yeah. They fucked us, man. <laughs> they fucked us with those long balls. <laughs> Why did they fuck us with the balls? <laughs> those balls were slapping the ground. They were. They were too long. Anyways, um, unfortunately... I'm going to have to agree with Cheats and Steven on this one. <laughs> uh, just enough for Dead and Buried and Slight Rise for Happy Birthday to Me sound like just fine scores. Um, obviously, I'd rather watch Dead and Buried, mostly just because I don't have to wonder what's going on. If I watch, I feel pretty certain that if I rewatched Happy Birthday to Me, similar to what happened to D-Heart, again, I wouldn't know what was going on because it doesn't make any fucking so, sense. So in a way, you're saying that it's almost more rewatchable. Because you can't possibly store any of it in your brain. Oh. Something that's too con- something that's not even a story to the point where you can't remember it doesn't make it rewatchable. It makes it forgettable. Okay, this is probably going to surprise you guys, but I agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> all right. are in agreement. Damn, it is a rare occurrence when we all agree. Well, we we did it for your birthday. Oh, thank you. You went first, and we just agreed with whatever you had. Thank to you. Say. I'm glad you didn't say a bunch of bullshit that I didn't think was right. Because <laughs> we would have just had to go along with it. It's just how it works. Supreme diggity for happy birthday to me. <laughs> no diggity for dead and buried. Supreme diggity for Jurassic World 2. Ooh. Forbidden, or forgot, forbidden kingdom? Forgotten Fallen king? kingdom. Fallen kingdom. Fallen out of fucking... <laughs> I'm so angry. Let's get that feedback, Stephen. <laughs> Philip. Film is so fucking mad. When they announced, because they announced the fucking subtitle for that movie before they announced anything. Anything at all else for the movie. And I right away I was like, bullshit. That movie is going to be bullshit. And Steve was like, well, but it's Forgotten Kingdom. It might mean that, <laughs> first of all, forgettable fucking subtitle. He, he, he said the tagline wrong. I know. <laughs> Wait, fuck. Did I say Forgotten Kingdom? You said yeah. Forgotten Kingdom. Fuck! <laughs> Fuck. This is my birthday present. Just torturing me further with this movie I knew right away was going to suck and that you insisted <laughs> wouldn't suck. And keep bringing up, by the way. I hate you. Yep. <laughs> Alright, some uh, listener feedback. First one is from Matt, and this is actually one of my co-workers. He said, I've known about your podcast for a while, but never really taken the time to listen to them. Just dove in and started at the Brian De Palma episode. Well fucking done, guys. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Matt. Thank you. Um, good times to listen to the show. It's it's really not in any kind of sequential order. Even if it was, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, we release episodes totally at random sometimes. So yeah. it's like, just dive into whatever the fuck you feel like. They're all over the crazy place. Oh, There's no so, order. It's so much easier to record it than it is to edit it. Which is why I think we should do it live. <laughs> Honestly, I've talked about that before because it's like, really, the amount of torture, the amount of extra episodes we could do if we did it live. I can't. Steven never will, but... I can't. I don't see why not. He, he just won't, is the thing. I can't. If you want to do a live show, we're going to have to do feedback loop. We're going to have to do it live, the two of us. Make it a video podcast. We're going to have to totally reformat everything. Or format, I guess, since it's not a new show. Or not an old show, rather. Real quick on this piece of feedback from Matt. Matt was actually, uh, we, we mentioned Matt on the Brian De Palma podcast, like in the feedback section, because uh, even though he hadn't listened to the show, he had an opinion about what was the John Lithgow movie that we did. Blowout. 
No, Raisin Cane. Raisin Cane. He, yeah. he, he loves Raisin Cane. Like, he thinks it's a great movie. Well, I hope we didn't shit on it too much. Um, <laughs> I mean, I gave it no diggity and said it wasn't worth watching. So I shit on it a lot. <laughs> no diggity. Well, you know. Well, but that's just a cheat's opinion. Hey, it doesn't I, really I make count for a whole lot. <laughs> Straight from the mouth of the cheats. <laughs> and into the gutter. So, yeah. what's next? <laughs> Alright, so uh, this next one is from Alisa. She said, another thing about the yokai movie you guys did... It's actually a super well-known series in Japan. It's like the big OG yokai movie. They actually remade the original, and I've seen the remake, but not the OG one. The book that I talked about last time is a well-known manga artist that drew yokai stuff for a while. He was also involved in the design in the remake of them. Well, I guess we're going to do that remake. <laughs> remake Rep Timber. <laughs> I mean, there's so much... Unless it sucks. That could... That could be. It's probably not like. I would be surprised if it's an actual remake, remake, and not just like and not just a new hey, one. This is a new one with these. the same name and like yeah. using like a, a Gamera bit. type thing, right? Which yeah. I'm 100 percent down with either yeah. way. If it's a remake or not, it's going to be cool. I mean, it says 100 monsters. We only focus on like three or four, but they are in there. <laughs> they so are all in there. <laughs> they are Potato Man. <laughs> Don't forget about Watermelon Boy. Uh, Japan has just won my heart at this point. I mean, how could have they not? Except for their extreme racism. Well, yeah. I just mean in their movies. Which also have extreme racism. <laughs> yeah, but say, I feel like there's a whole movie from Bruce Lee where the the plot is that everyone in the movie hates everyone else in the movie for that's, their, for that's their race. China. That's China. That's Chinese, though. But weren't some but of them it, Japanese in the movie? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... I wasn't saying the movie was Chinese. I was just saying, like, that's another example of the extreme Japanese racism. They hate each other mutually. Yeah. It's true. Seemingly. At least World to War II. Seemingly <laughs> to Philip, they hate each other a lot. Uh, Gaijin, is that what I am? Yes. yes. Just a yeah. fucking outsider. Last piece of feedback, and this was a text to me and Philip from Clay Nevels. He says, every time I listen to MPM, I just argue with you both <laughs> by myself. I decimate you both in these arguments because you don't even send a proxy to defend your point. Send a proxy to sit around and listen to the show with him and argue our points against. <laughs> I, I would argue that the proxy is the show. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And we win every time. And if anything, I'm right. Yeah, <laughs> you guys DR's are wrong. <laughs> At the very least. We've had other people say that before, too. That when they listen to the show, it's like they're sitting in the room and they want to argue with us, but they can't. Clay said it before. He has said it before. I think he says it every time he gets... He's like... Man, I wonder what that podcast is up to. And then he's like, oh, look, there's 120 episodes I haven't heard yet. <laughs> so he gets started again down that path. And he's like, just here I am again, arguing with these motherfuckers. You know what? I y'all, win. Y'all are fucking up. Yeah. Y'all are fucking up. <laughs> for, for those... Just be on the podcast already, Clay. I mean, what are you waiting it's for? It's like you can't, you can't argue with us in person. It won't be pretty. Yeah. No, nah, it's probably going to be about the same. We'll just net you and set you on fire. I mean, worst case, I just pull out my secret weapon, which is every time they try to say something, I just go, Get fucked! Just repeatedly at them. <laughs> just yell so they can't respond. Yes. <laughs> Get fucked. Throws his gun fingers in the air. Aggressive turkey gobble at them. <laughs> yes, the aggressive turkey gobble. <laughs> Before they could say anything. Alright, guys. If you want to tell your friends about us, they can find us on Spotify. On uh, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, pretty much any other major podcast platforms out there. You can also leave us feedback on any of the uh, uh, major social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, or uh, Instagram. We will read your feedback on the show. You can check out some other more recent podcasts from United Cipher, like the Curly Mustache Podcast or Music Video Countdown. Or go back and listen to older episodes of Fallout Forecast, Anime Alphabet, 
and talks over games. And uh, lastly, check out some podcasts from friends of ours like Nerdonomy and uh, the Whiskey Reel. And uh, I want to point out the Whiskey Reel real quick uh, because they did give us a shout out uh, and thanks to support uh, and thanks for our support to them in every episode. So just want to. Uh, yeah, well, you guys deserve it. Just want to give Sean a, a nice thank you for that. We appreciate you. And uh, check out Sorry to Waste Your Time and Code Yellow, a Scare Actors podcast. I've been one of your hosts, Stephen the Rose Rosenberg. Fill the kill, Colin. Cheats the streets, McGee. Andy Hart. And we'll see you next time.